Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You're listening to The Happy Hour with Nick Sainer. Furby the fourth ate his first solid food today, prompting a response of nothing but steaks all week for the Nebraska offensive line. Then Enrique Alvarez Clare. No more peaches and carrots for Herbie the seventh. Baby food be damned. Sponsored by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Once again, a huge thanks to Charlie Colon, owner of uh, Chick-fil-A on 27th and Pine Lake. They played a huge role, obviously, in Volleyball Day in Nebraska. They uh, set up the he, – he told us before – or told me before we went on the air that Semi is now in Tampa, Florida for some whatever going on. It's, he, he called it Mobile Kitchen 3, uh, but that semi-trailer that they had in Lincoln is uh, now currently in Florida – doing some other stuff oh, but uh mobile kitchen three. Once, once again a huge thank you and shout out to uh charlie uh, obviously played played for the husker baseball team back in the uh as he said late 80s but i called it early 90s and then uh obviously you have uh what he does for the community at chick-fil-a out on 27th and pine lake and, and thanks to him and his his team for providing us lunch uh, earlier today as well spoiled blessed whatever you want to call us absolutely we are um <laughs> now is a good time though to bring in a, a friend of ours that we have not been able to talk to in about a week and a half or so um and that is steve mark of inside nebraska steve good news the cubs are are still skidding a little bit but they finally got a win last night yeah i uh i, I never want to see the arizona diamondbacks ever again <laughs> Me neither. in my life after that that was just insane but um, good to see them get get the big win over the uh, dumb pirates. I love it when that when that always happens. So, um, yeah, we're uh, hopefully turning things around here. But boy, that was kind of a rough stretch there for a little bit. At yeah. Kind of the worst time possible. Well, and and what I what I was telling somebody earlier this morning is maybe they they just will slide here now and then pick it up right before the end of the season and uh, carry that momentum into the playoffs. You know what? I, I mean, that would be good with me. Yeah. Uh, just turn it around right now because, um, oof, with the with the Diamondbacks, I don't know what the problem was there, but uh, um, yeah, let's just sweep these Pirates and and go on and and kind of walk into the playoffs here. It's gonna be fun. I blame Nick because he wanted uh, he he was banking on the over for wins. Yeah, we just need seventy nine uh, wins. I told him I was hoping that they lost every game from here on out, and uh, they <laughs> almost did. I was very happy with myself. Yeah, you probably thought you were onto something there, Rico. <laughs> I really did. <laughs> Nonetheless, uh, once again, Steve Mark inside Nebraska is with us here on the happy hour. All right, Steve, let's talk Husker football here um, because Nebraska coming off the first win in the Matt Rule era, uh, they, they still got something to to decide at quarterback. But before we get to the signal caller, let's talk about the the big issue going in and going forward, I should say, and that's running backs, right? Nebraska loses Gabe Irvin and Ramir Johnson to season-ending injuries. Um, and now that's going to lean a lot on Anthony Grant, but then also on some of the newer guys, the Emmett Johnsons, the Quentin Ives of the world as well. So just going forward against Louisiana Tech, where are you, where's your mind at with this running back room? Yeah, well, I mean, 
I know Anthony Grant didn't have the greatest of finishes to fall camp with the fumble issues, and they popped up at the absolute worst possible time in the season opener um, that basically led to the loss. Um, and then he didn't play at Colorado at all. And then he uh, made his return last week and, and showed some really good things. So at least you have uh, kind of a what I think is going to be a really motivated Anthony Grant because, you know, with no Gabe Irvin, no Ramir Johnson, it is Anthony Grant's show, just like uh, Rule said on Monday when we talked to him. I mean, it's Anthony Grant's show, and he's the veteran. He's the six-year guy. And look, to be honest with you guys, when, when Anthony Grant is right and holding on to the football and hitting the holes that he's supposed to hit um, in the runs concepts that they that uh, Satterfield likes to use, he looks really, really good. He looks like, uh, like uh, I don't know, a top five running back in the Big Ten. Um, so it looks really good. And when it's bad, I mean, you don't want him out there. But um, he's coming off a really strong game, I think, at Northern Illinois. He almost gave another guy a concussion, just like he did last year at, <laughs> at uh, Rutgers. I'm going to let him hear about it. So you, you know the mindset is right there with Anthony Grant. And I think with this, uh, I don't want to say pressure, but just this opportunity that he has to be the guy once again, I think he's going to take it and run with it, um, figuratively and <laughs> metaphorically. So I, I just think that he's going to be the veteran leader there, and he's going to show Emmett Johnson um, how to practice, how to how to do things with this opportunity, as well as you know Quentin Ives. Quentin Ives, um, I don't know if you guys saw him um, during during fall camp during the availabilities that we had to watch practice. Um, Quentin Ives is an intriguing cat. Now he's he's a lot taller than everybody else in the running back room at six foot two. And he, he obviously uh, he's a true freshman, so he needs a year in the weight room because when I saw him, he was he was kind of thin. I know he's listed at 185. Um, Marcus Satterfield said he's gained some pounds since since the beginning um, of the summer when he got there. But you know it's going to be those guys, and whether they're ready for it or not, Emmett Johnson and Quentin Ives are going to get opportunity, and who knows? We might even have Trevin Lubin to walk on. Um, he got some run at the end of the Northern Iowa or Northern Illinois game. So, you know, it's going to be all hands on deck, just like Rule said. And I don't know, I think Nebraska's running back room, it's still in good shape. Um, just Anthony Grant really needs to stay healthy. Um, but a healthy Anthony Grant, when everything is working for him, when he's holding on to the football and he's, he's hitting the correct gaps that the run scheme is designed to hit, I think he's a pretty dang good running back. And, and we're just going to have to wait and see with Emmett Johnson and Quentin Ives and uh, maybe Trevin Lubin to see what they can give because, you know, the time is now for those guys. They're going to need to step up. We're speaking with Steve Mark inside Nebraska, and Steve kind of answered my next question that I was going to ask about how much we might be seeing um, the the Emmett Johnsons, the Quentin Knives, the Trevin Lubins, if anything, or just if if uh, he needed a breather, that is, if the starter needed a breather. So uh, I guess I'll go on to, you know, the quarterback run game has kind of been the main source of offense through the first three games for Nebraska so far, but especially with the loss of Gabe Irvin and Ramir Johnson, how much more, if that's even possible, are we going to see a Jeff Sims or a Heinrich Harburg tote the rock? Yeah, I was, I was thinking about that all, all this week, basically. I'm, and considering what, you know, Marcus Satterfield, offensive coordinator was asked what his, thoughts on kind of a two quarterback system using two guys at the quarterback, uh, what his thoughts were, if he would even entertain something like that. And uh, he kind of said, you know, this is coach speak, but if you have two, you don't have one uh, quarterback out there. So 
Um, but, but then he said something interesting. He later on in his answer, he said, um, but you know, that shouldn't stop us from trying to put uh, the playmakers that we have on offense on the field together. So does that mean we're going to possibly see Jeff Sims and Heinrich Harburg on the field in some capacity at the same time? I'm not, I'm not going to say no to that. I mean, I think there's different ways, um, creative ways that you can, um, uh, install plays to get both those guys on the field at the same time. Maybe that means Jeff Sims is, I, I guess, what you would call the traditional quarterback who would take the snap, and maybe Heinrich Harburg is somewhere in the backfield, um, maybe maybe uh, kind of as a run threat or a pass-catching threat. I don't know. I think Marcus Satterfield is, is somebody who can design something like that and be creative enough to, to get the ball in Heinrich's hands because, let's be honest, guys, with no Gabe Irvin, no – um, Ramir Johnson, Heinrich Harburg is and is one of the better offensive athletes and threats that you know the team has. And when you look at the wide receiver room, there's not really a guy that I think really scares the defense. Marcus Washington could, I guess, but he just hasn't really shown that he can maybe take that next step and be that dependable guy. Again, that goes back to quarterback play and, and throwing him the ball. But you know, if you can find a way to put both Jeff Sims and Heinrich Harburg on in the backfield at the same time and maybe just give some different looks of who's who's getting handoffs and maybe maybe I don't know running read runs with those two it just puts more puts the most athletes that you have on the field at the same time so I think quarterback Ron Rico is going to be a really really big part of this game um, they're obviously going to want to see what guys like Emma Johnson has what what Quentin Ives, if anything, at this young stage of his career, because he's in such a tough, tough spot. I mean, they, they didn't plan on playing Quentin Ives this year at all, um, but with two season-ending injuries in that room, uh, he's obviously going to have to step up, and they're going to see what see what he has. I like Quentin Ives's projection for his career; just a unique kind of tall guy, six foot two, six foot three. Um, if once they get some, um, you know, strength and conditioning and nutrition. Once he's in those programs for a year, maybe they can get him up to 200 pounds. And you're talking about a really intriguing looking athlete. Um, but yeah, I think quarterback run is going to be leaned on heavily. Um, but I also think that the traditional handoff run game, they're going to want to see what guys with Emma Johnson, Quentin Ives, maybe, maybe even Trevor Lubman can do in that area. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Steve, I, I guess... Through three games uh, of Marcus Satterfield offense, uh, what are your early impressions of it? Because obviously, I think at times we 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 think back to what Marcus Satterfield had at South Carolina and how he operated there, how he's operated through three games here. But then also now you factor in the the loss of of Xavier Betts late and the loss of Isaiah Garcia Castaneda to a season in an injury, and now obviously Gabe Irvin and Ramir Johnson. Just overall, what are your impressions of this Marcus Satterfield offense in year one with Nebraska? Yeah, that's a that's a great question because I think a lot of people are kind of off on Marcus Satterfield, but um, when you when you look at everything, um, the situation that he's in, the guys, the players that he inherited, and that the staff was able to get out of the transfer portal, 
some of it is just not working out. I mean, obviously, you know, having the best receiver quit the program for the second time in his career before the, just before the season started, that's not helping things, right? The offensive line, it's just been that unit has been bad uh, to shaky to inconsistent for as long as I can remember around here. And so that's not helping the run game and that's not helping the pass protection. And, you know, then you look at the traditional handoff run game and, you know, the best, the best thing for a quarterback is a run game, right? But now your uh, starter, Gabe Irvin, is out for the season. Now your top third down back, your pass catcher out of the backfield, uh, the one who does pass protection, maybe the best out of everybody, Ramir Johnson, also out for the season with an injury. So now you have Anthony Grant, but behind him is a ton of kids that you don't know anything about. They don't have any experience playing. So I'm not, I'm not trying to like make excuses for Marcus Satterfield, but when you, when you're dealt that hand and then you start off with uh, a big 10 West defense at Minnesota, then you go to Colorado and you're playing another power five program that, Oh, by the way, happens to be coached by Deion Sanders who, Oh, also happens to have a son who is a Heisman trophy candidate quarterback right now. They have things humming over there at Boulder. So it, it's, it's just a, a recipe for losses, in my opinion. And I don't think that they ever had a chance to uh, get in the groove because guys either left the team, um, season-ending injuries happened. And then, of course, Jeff Sims, the quarterback, obviously things have not gone smoothly there. And I don't, I don't know what the deal is with, you know, is Marcus Satterfield's offense, is it putting too much pressure on the quarterback? Is Jeff Sims needing something different? Um, it's just not been smooth at all with offense at Nebraska, obviously. So it just, I don't know. I, I just don't think that they ever got in a groove. And now they're using these two games against Northern Illinois and then here with uh, Louisiana Tech coming up to try to find those grooves. Um, but, you know, with two losses starting out under their belt. So I don't know. I think it's a little too early to tell on Marcus Satterfield. And again, I'm not trying to make um, excuses for him. But when you look at everything around the offense right now, there's just, not a lot of um, good things to work with, I guess. Now the off- the offensive line, I think, has shown some good things. Um, they did what they needed to do against a, a, a Northern Illinois defense that wore down, and I'm sure that's going to be the game plan again against the Louisiana Tech defense that's um, allowing over 200 rushing yards per game. Um, they gave up over 200 to North Texas last week in kind of a wild game. So, you know, I think the, the game plan is going to be um, run the ball, try to get over 75 rushing yards in the fourth quarter alone, which is Matt Rule's goal, um, which is what they accomplished last week, and they're going to want to do it again. So I just think that they're going to, these two weeks are really going to be important for Marcus Satterfield, Matt Rule, the offense, um, to, to kind of find, find a rhythm and find a groove and honestly figure out the quarterback situation. We're speaking to Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska. Steve, a couple more before we go ahead and let you go. Um, when you switch sides of the ball, go looking at the defense, right? We know 1.7 yards allowed per rush, um, you know, against the opponent. And they haven't necessarily faced opponents that are run heavy. Minnesota's not running it necessarily as much as they would usually or as effective, right? And, and part of that may be because they're they're without Trey Potts and, and as he transferred to Penn State and they, they don't have Muhammad Ibrahim anymore. Um, and a different quarterback. And then part of that, also, we know what Colorado can do. You talked about the quarterback. We know the skill positions on the perimeter. And then Northern Illinois was a bad running team as well. So, I mean, how much mm-hmm. stock should Nebraska fans put in this defense? I'm not saying that 
we shouldn't consider this as a really good defense for Nebraska and frankly, the side of the ball that they're going to need to lean on for the rest of the year. But how good is this defense? Yeah, I'm with you, I'm with you Nick. I, I, I think it's, look, I mean, we can't deny that it's looked good yeah. recently and this season. They have. I mean, they've um, the way that they've been able to pressure the passers to get sacks, um, to get tackles for losses, to, to be good and stout up front against the run, it's awesome. It's cool. But I, I totally agree that, you know, we're going to learn more about this team against the Michigans and, and the Illinois and, and the Big Ten teams for sure because um, I don't know how much we're going to learn this week against Louisiana Tech. I don't even know if Hake Bachmeyer, the Boise State uh, transfer quarterback who's starting for the Bulldogs, is even going to play because he's hurt, he hurt his right shoulder last week in the in the loss to North Texas. So I I don't I don't know what to think, but I, I think that the defense is old at all three levels, and that's exactly what you want. These guys are playing hard for each other. They're flying around the ball. They are they are. It appears to me that they are really taking to Tony White's teaching and on all the position coaches uh, from Terrence Knighton on the D-line to Rob Dvorak at the linebackers to Evan Cooper in the DBs. Um, I, but at the end of the day, you know, what they do against Minnesota, what they do against Northern Illinois, Louisiana Tech, all that's not going to matter. It's how do they stack up against uh, an offense, an offensive line like Michigan, like what what's Michigan going to run for on Nebraska? That's really really intriguing for me. Uh, what are they going to look like um, against Purdue, Michigan State, Maryland? Maryland's going to be kind of an interesting test. The way that they um, kind of run run the ball and pass the ball with the veteran quarterback there. Um, Wisconsin, Wisconsin. Everybody likes to talk about Wisconsin and their air raid, but. You know, it's it's not, it's a different style air raid. They're running the ball. They're averaging over 200 rushing yards at Wisconsin. They're not they're not just going to forget about Ches Malusi and Braylon Allen and that offensive line. Um, so I think it's a wait and see with Nebraska's defense. It looks really good right now, um, but I think we're going to really really learn um, how far that they are um, when the Michigan, Illinois, Purdue's, Michigan State's, Maryland's, uh, Wisconsin games come around. Yeah, I think I'm there with you as well. I mean, I, although it's it's probably a little too early to give credit to coaches and and you know because once again with the opponents that that Nebraska defense has faced and and what they've done though, frankly, done their job and that's been something that uh, you know Nebraska fans have kind of just hoped for in, in years past. I, I think Terrence Knighton's a guy that people somewhat forget about at times on that defensive line as the leader in that room uh, because you you hear about Tony White and you hear about how how a lot of people like him, but man. You just don't hear a lot about Terrence Knight, and, and that defense line has been a, a really positive part of that, uh, especially with a guy like Cameron Lenhart coming onto the scene. For sure, and and to add on to Cameron Lenhart, another true freshman, Riley Van Poppel, who's mm-hmm. been uh, he's not going to be a redshirt guy here. He's going to be playing all the games, I think. So uh, Riley Van Poppel kind of came in and is doing some things right away as a true freshman, and I think that's that's a testament to Tony White's defense and what, what he asks of the D-line, but also, like you said, Nick Terrence Knighton and getting these guys prepared enough so they can go into the game and maybe uh, really focus on one or two things instead of a full-time starter like maybe Ty Robinson and Nash Hotmockers. That, that maybe they need to know a little bit more to stay out there. Um, it's, it's good that they're getting these true freshmen in so they can learn about the speed of the game, what kind of physicality it takes to win, um, at the line of scrimmage. So I'm right there with you, Nick. I mean, there's Nebraska, I think on their coaching staff has some, has some studs at, at the position coaches, Terrence Knight, and then even Rob Dvorak. I mean, yeah. uh, Tony, Tony, Tony White did 
Um, he gave a lot of credit. He always gives credit to other people. Um, um, and, and I think with Rob Dvorak, I think that's been kind of a key guy um, teaching these linebackers because these linebackers are playing all over the place and they're playing different positions too. Mike, Will, Jack, um, everybody's kind of playing everything. And it, it's fun to see Javen Wright, somebody that, that kind of floated around, bounced around on the defense at multiple positions. I mean, that guy came in as a corner guy yeah. at six foot four, six foot five, uh, moved to safety, bounced around to nickel. And now he's playing uh, Mike and Will linebacker and maybe even some Jack a little bit. So, and, they, and that's a testament to Dvorak being, being a good teacher and teaching these guys and keeping the defense in its simplest form is like they, what, what they like to say. So these guys can go out there and play fast and confident. And that didn't happen last year, but it's happening now. So that's, very, 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 very fun to see. All right, Steve. Hey, appreciate the time as always, man. Uh, we're moving you to Wednesdays. So no more Monday conversations, but Wednesday instead uh, right here at 1.30. Steve, no more Mondays with ho- Mark. Ho- hopefully when we talk again, it's going to be about an eight. We're, we can talk about an 84 or 85 win Cubs team. Yes, I, I, I would like that very much. That's, I just, agree. Uh, that's, that's not. That's, that's, good, that's good stuff right there. Nope, there it is. Not right, going to happen. Appreciate it as always. We'll see you Saturday. All right. See you guys. There he is, Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska. Appreciate his time as always. Let's take a break. When we come back, let's uh, dive into things with Strick on the crossover. No Austin today. Uh, I will be taking over from two to four with Strick. I should say I will be filling in for for Austin. Not taking, taking over. over. Oh, not no. taking over. That's not how I intended it one at all. Uh, but Strick Nick and I will be now. will be on. No, it is not. Strick and I will <laughs> be on the block two to four. Uh, so we'll tell you about what's coming up in the next couple hours right here on 93.7 The Ticket. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.